Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Quartet Setup Podcast once again. I'm Josh Evanoff. Welcome, as always, by the one and only Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. Uh, mainly, it is UFC 270 Fight Week. Francis Ngannou, Cyril Gon, title unification bout going down this Saturday night from the Anaheim, uh, excuse me, from the Honda Center in Anaheim, California. Huge card, obviously, with a trilogy bout in the Flyweight Division. Whole bunch of other stuff to talk about as well. Before we get into that, as always, just going to go ahead and quick remind you. Uh, RogueEnergy.com, amazing site for any sort of, you guys want, um, you know, it's a sugar-free drink. It's obviously energy-based. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm personally more fan of the protein stuff they got going on. Somebody's like getting back into the gym, fucking myself up every fucking day. Um, just completely destroying my body. Uh, I'm yeah. Not, yeah, right, Angel, you know about it. You know about the grind, dude. You know about the grind. Um, yeah. See, so yeah, I'm a fan of that. They brought that in, the whole shake stuff. Overall, though, they have a whole fantastic lineup of options with it be energy, all that shake stuff as well. But if you want to take percent off, we're using code sound of a checkout. That's code sound of a checkout for 10% off of all energy needs at rogueenergy.com. Now that we're past to that, Angel, what a what what a fight, man. Last Saturday night, the main event of UC Vegas 46 from the UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Calvin Cater takes a year off. He takes 364 days off. Massive underdog taking on one of the hottest fighters in the UFC, especially like on the greatest run of featherweight, um, or at least as far as contenders goes. Giga uh, Chikadze, undefeated in the UFC, finished it a couple of vets in a row, huge favorite. And Calvin Cater, who just got destroyed last time out, he comes in there and he whoops his ass. There's no other way about it. Not even close. 50-45, 50-45, 50-44 is a five-round slaughter for the fighter from the New England cartel, dude. What an absolute... What a honestly, what a performance, man! What are your thoughts about him? That whole fight. You know, I mentioned it last week. I I said these were the tools he's gonna have to use to win, and he did exactly that. The things that were gonna give Giga problems were the things that gave him problems on that given night, and that's why we got the outcome that we did. I thought he was gonna have more trouble. I'm not gonna lie. There was moments in the first two rounds, right, where Giga was like doing some stuff, right, and, and you're like. If, if, if things maybe went a different way, maybe the slip doesn't happen. It maybe those rounds make a difference. At the same time, Calvin Cater has such a great chin, man. I don't, I don't know if that would have happened, but uh, you know, I, I, you know, I doubted him, right? I had my doubts. I think they were justified, though. But this kind of cleared things, some things up. It kind of cleared where Giga's at and where his level's at, right? He's still very good. I think he could probably still beat a guy who's very well rounded because of his skill set. But I think as far as the baseline now, we've cleared the baseline for Giga. We know where Calvin's at. And I mean, credit Calvin, right? He came back after that long layoff. And dude, the last two guys that Max Holloway battered have come back and uh, look pretty fucking damn good in their return fights, dude. I got to give him credit. Mm-hmm. For sure, dude. And he did it the right way. I know we talked about it last week, but, you know, and, and not, I mean, also to go ahead and say, like, Brian Ortega did it the right way as well. And there's, so there's been a couple other guys that Max has fought that just he's completely fucking battered. Um, but dude, taking, taking time off, a lot of guys, they get knocked out and they try to jump in there too quickly. Cater took 364 days off. I read somewhere that they didn't even let him spar, or not even spar. They didn't even let him train until, like, July of last year. They made him take off, like, a full mandatory six months. Like, you know, no contact, no nothing. And it, it worked out for him, dude. Like, he looked fresh in there. And I feel like we got a really good 
idea of where Giga's at. I know some people were like talking like, you know, if Giga didn't slip at like time 3:30 in the first round, then he would have won. Like I'm like, dude, like come on, like he had he had four more rounds and he could have done something to try and you know he had that round too. I mean, it wasn't he he reversed Calvin at some points on the ground in that first round. Um, regardless, though, dude, just a tremendous performance of Calvin Cater. I mean, I, I know that we pumped him up a lot on this show in the past. Um, obviously not during the max fight, but during the builds of that one and during his previous fights, because it looked like he could be a guy that can fight for a title, maybe even win a title. You know, he seems to be improving so much fight to fight. And that max fight just, you know, that seemed to be a rough night at the office for him, dude. Like, I mean, if you look at his career losses, he's never, never been blasted out of there. I mean, even Zabit, he gave Zabit his toughest fight whenever Zabit was the tough, whenever Zabit was looked at how Giga was before Saturday night, you know? Um so I just I'm more of a believer that it was just a bad night at the office, but overall, dude, he's he's cemented his place as the fifth best featherweight on the planet. And you know, moving forward, dude, uh, featherweight is in an interesting place. Um, obviously, you've got Korean Zombie Alexander Volkanovski to be squaring off a couple months from now. Who would you like to see Calvin Cater fight next? I mean, a lot of people were calling for Brian Ortega versus. Uh... Uh, Calvin Cater, I saw that on Twitter floating around a lot, which I mean, I'd, I'd be into that a little bit. Uh, obviously, there's some uh, common opponents there and common loss. I think that's kind of an interesting matchup. But uh, I guess that would take away from the Yair Ryan Ortega matchup that was kind of set in stone. Uh, I'm not sure who they give him. You know, I think he's in a weird place too. I think maybe, uh, I didn't say sound bad, but if Korean Zombie loses, I feel like Korean Zombie versus him wouldn't be a terrible fight. Mm. Yeah, of course. Obviously, I mean, I honestly think if Creighton's on Lucy, he might retire, um, given his well, injuries. But well, yeah, um, that's the one where you're right. Yeah, uh, especially considering like I love Korean Zombie, but he he's he's hurt going into this fight. I mean, I know that he said his shoulder's fine, and his manager Jason House said he's fine, but dude, no, um, it's next level psychology, dude. You have no fucking idea. <laughs> He's not injured at all. He's completely just fucking with him, dude. <laughs> dude, for real. Like, he even, he even, before he knew the fight was even going to happen, you know, that was all, like, Jedi this mind. Some, this is some 3D chess, bro. You have no idea. <laughs> of course, dude. Of course. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, honestly, Calvin, he's in a great place now. Um, it's kind of funny, though, man, because I remember, like, during the lead up to this fight, everybody was, like, kind of complaining that uh, they didn't wait until this fight happened. So that way, Giga could get his title shot. And now coming out of it, I'm like thinking, like, you know what, man? Damn, they really should have waited. (laughs) (laughs) They should have waited. Like, you tell me the Calvin Cater, the Calvin Cater that, like, you know, just completely destroyed Giga. I would have loved to see him fight Volkanovski, man. And I think somewhere down the line, they will still fight. I think Calvin is too good um, to not get a title shot one day. But, yeah, man, in hindsight, yeah, I agree with people. They should have waited, but for the different guy. So that was a little bit funny. Um Dude, I mean, what can you really say about the rest of this card? Obviously, we, we talked about what was supposed to be the co-main event. Um, I know, it ended up being it, though. Yeah, they ended up reshuffling it. Um, but, dude, uh, regardless of the reshuffle, we're still going to talk about it because we previewed it on, on the last episode. Kayla Shukagian dominates Jennifer Maya. She does, unfortunately, have the the um, you know the position of being the only fighter in the UFC history with 10 decision victories and no knockouts or no finishes. However, still a very nice, solid win against a tough Jennifer Maya on Saturday. Um, you know, now she's still the number two person in the division. However, a big storyline coming out of it is that she is managed by the same management team that uh, holds Francis Ngannou, that holds Kevin Lee, um, and Kevin Lee got released. 
Brent Zigano might be leaving, and apparently UFC did not want to re-sign Kayla Shikagian prior to her fights, and apparently it doesn't look like they may re-sign her at all. What are your thoughts on that move? That's That sucks for her. I guess Bellator is about to be on the door soon. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. I mean, what did you think about her and that performance Saturday night especially? Because I thought, you know, Kayla Shikagian, she always looks competent on the feed. I thought she actually looked really, really good on Saturday. No, she did fucking great, dude. She came out. She, she did some stuff on the ground. Uh, I mean, for being the second time, she did fucking great. I mean, she did what she had to do. Gave the poor man she had to give. She had already won the fight. She had to win it again. Easy work in the office for her, dude. That's what we mm-hmm. want to see. For sure, for sure. I mean, I, part of me wonders if she heard all that criticism about her not getting a finish and you know, the whole thing about the UC not resigning her because she seemed to be thrown a, a bit harder on, on Saturday. Maybe it was just my perception, but it seemed like she was trying to gun for the knockout. She was planting her feet a lot more. I thought that was probably her best performance in the UC to date, which, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'm not going to lie. I'll be a little bit bummed if they do not resign her. Um, I understand that she's, you know, she's had a bunch of decisions. She's not going to beat Tiptanko, but, like, dude, she's far and away the number two in that division. Like, it, it'd be kind of a bad look, at least in my opinion. Um, not sure if you agree with that. No, no, no. I mean, I think we got to keep – I mean, dude, it's the UFC. You need to have the best fighters in the UFC. She's one of the best fighters in the world. Like, she should be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I mean, just keep it that simple. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Overall, it was a good win by her. Uh, moving down the card, or what are some of the other fights you want to go and highlight? I mean, you know, we'll talk about the real co-main event that ended up being that night, man. And heartbreaking for me and heartbreaking even more for the fighter, Chase Sherman versus Jake Collier, man. I mean, started off fucking hot, dude. I thought we were about to have a fucking crazy slugfest, which we did, just not for very long. Yeah. Uh. Jake Collier wins be his fucking submission, dude. I mean, I want to know the betting odds on that first round. I mean, I read somewhere that it was extreme. I want to say it was like plus 4,400. Something insane. Shout out to whoever put $1 on Jake Collier via submission. Bro, nobody was was betting on this fight. Let's just be honest. There was someone out there with a parlay, bro. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. My bad. My bad. Come on. It's always the sneaky parlays. Yeah, dude. Um. It came out earlier. They were firing off some shots. And I was like, damn, dude, this is going to be a fun little fight. I was wondering why I was in the Kome, man. Now nah, I'm seeing why. And then, nah, man. Nah. Those, nah, those boys nah. came to bang. Just not very Jay long. Jake Collier came to get him the fuck out of there, bro. He like, did. He's like, I'm fucking tired. I want to go eat, dude. Dude, he his reverse Jared Cannonier, like, it's working out for him, man. Like, it's low-key working out for him. He has two shoot. wins in his last three fights, and you can make a damn good case that he beat Carlos Felipe. Carlos Felipe That's what he said, up. too. That's yeah, speaking said. of, Carlos Felipe, uh, he fucking tested positive for steroids. So, Well, uh, they didn't help. So Yeah, they did not help, man. I thought Jay Collier should have won that fight. Like, you can make a damn good case he should be on a three-fight winning streak right now. And his one loss, Tom Aspinall. Like, that's not it. Yep. That's nothing to sneeze at, dude. Like, he's he's making a case of being a top 15 guy in the division. It is heartbreaking. He called out Arlovsky. How do you feel about that? I think that's a good fight. Uh, I think Arlovsky just got booked, though. Fuck. Against who? Do you know by any chance? Uh, let me go ahead and see real quickly. Let's it's see. some... Yeah, he, he's going to be fighting Jared Vandera next month. UC 271. Oh, I know who. That's fucking cakewalk for fucking... Yeah, Vos- Vandera got knocked out by uh, Romanov and Spivak. Yeah. So, interesting matchup. That's weird. Because Arlovsky won his last few, didn't he? I think he's on a three-fight winning streak. 
Yeah, so I almost feel like Jake would have actually, or he could have got someone else. Fuck, he could have given him the bottom of the, who's who's number 15 right now in heavyweight? Can you look that up for me real quick? Yeah, sure. Or 14, 14, 15, just so I know. Yeah, somewhere in that range. Um, at heavyweight, if we're looking at the rankings, 14 is Walt Harris, 15 Sergey Pavlovich. I mean, they could have given Walt Harris, but you know. I just want Walt, dude. I'll let you Walt know, but Harris you know how I feel about Walt up. Harris fighting in the last three years, you know. Like, dude, I'll let Walt Harris beat me up. My issue is not Walt Harris fighting; it's the fact that after that whole terrible tragedy, they decide to take this guy's name and throw him at fights that they know that he won't win, but they want, you know, they want him to beat him because he has a name now because of a horrific tragedy that he had nothing to do with. Like, that's just – that's wrong on so many levels. Yeah, but it's fucked up, man. It is very fucked up, especially when we put it when we put it in that vacuum. It's, it's terrible. But, um, yeah, man, I feel sad. In fact, I feel very uh, bad for Chase Sherman. I, I really thought when he first came back, um, I thought he was beating Arlowski. And so I want to say, like, like, he won that first round. He looked pretty competent, and then he just ended up losing it down the stretch, and he lost to Parker Porter and I thought he – the fight I thought he probably should have won. Hey, actually, Nathan they could Collier. do Tanner Bozer versus my boy Jay Collier. Oh, that's a good fight, dude. I that's still have high hopes for Tanner Bozer. I have high hopes for Tanner Bozer, too. He went the distance to get my boy against Cyril Gaon, dude. You know, and he won a couple of those exchanges. He, he has really fast hands. I know, you don't expect it. He's problem for anybody. Yeah, he's fast. He's supposed to fight, oh, never mind, never mind. He was supposed to fight Sergey Pavlovich last month, but that got canceled. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Sergey. I'm, I'm sure it's like Visa shit, though, because it doesn't Yeah, apparently it's Visa. Travel wow, visa. So, dude, fucking 2000 IQ, dude. I'm telling and I you. Love, and I love me some Sergey Pavlovich, but... I miss him, dude. I know. Damn, damn shame. Um, Yeah, man. I mean, also, just to go and move on from Jake Collier fight, looking down the card, Brandon Roy Val defeating Algerio Bontaren. Not um, a robbery. Not a robbery. I'm just going to say that. You, you watched the fight? I did watch the fight. I thought Brandon Roy Val won the fight. I did, too. And also, um, you know... He came out, Rogerio came out and was like, oh, you know, it's it's wrong. You know, I thought I won that fight. The result was not correct. And I was like, yeah, the result's not correct. It should be a third-round submission for Brandon Roy Val. That's what it should oh, be. Oh, you really believe that? I mean, I don't believe that. But It was a tap. He tapped. You know, he did the old Brazilian tap where, you know, you give it one time and then you say, oh, no, I didn't tap. I was just, I was just adjusting. Like, dude, it's fucking, what's his name? Chell Sutton, dude. He's never, he's never lost a fight, dude, because he's never tapped. Right? Never tapped. I don't Undefe- know. I think I, undefeated, was, I dude. Chael only quit. He only retired because of lack of competition. Yeah, dude. He uh, he only retired because of lack of competition. And whenever he taps, you know, that's the end of the round. It means he loses that round. It doesn't mean he loses the fight. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, man. He's he's goaded, but you know who's not goaded? Rogerio Bonterran. He lost that fight and he pulled the the fake tap. I'm I'm so happy that he lost after that. Dude, um, actually, while we're talking about it, you know they're having Brandon uh, Ravel as a stand-in. Hell yeah, this, dude. Which I was like, fuck yeah, dude. That's a fun guy. I still think he should go up to 135 though. He has a frame. He could even go up to 45. And had this been uh, Figueroa from the last few fights, I think maybe there was a good chance that we were going to see him. Oh no, he's now that he's in Triple yeah. C's camp. I've heard yeah. Triple C's been on his ass, like in terms of like getting yeah, his dude. weight down and all that make stuff. Weight, dude. Yeah. So. That's that's uh you know if he steps in that'd be awesome but I'm happy he's even getting the opportunity to go and make a little bit of extra cash you know be yeah. a stand-in. Oh, um, you get money for being a stand-in? I don't know. That. Yeah, I'm not sure how much, but I know that you get paid. I mean, it's not a lot, but it's like, dude, why wouldn't you just want to go make weight and not have to fight, baby? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or get to fight and make even more money. Of course, of course. And you know, honestly, just happy for him. Happy he got the win after that BS. Um, 
Yeah, man. I mean, as far as in the looking down the card, no, I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about outside of uh, the fight that's fights we've already highlighted. I do want to go and highlight. Oh, go ahead. I mean, we have some stuff, though. Yeah, no, I was going to highlight uh, Court McGee. I went ahead and said this on, on Twitter, and I still think it now. Uh, I think we need to come to terms with the fact that Court McGee is made out of the same stuff that Jim Miller is. And he's going to be continuing to fight and win fights long after we're all dead. You know, um, he's been the UFC for like 12 years now. You never really think about it, but he's been around for a long, long, long time. And he's still out here winning fights. Dude, shout out Corbin. That was that was a really dominant win, too. Like I mean, um, Ramiz is not a great guy, but he beat Sasha Politnikov, who's not bad. Um, and, dude, he just he put it on him, dude. He, he completely dominated him. Uh, Rami's off. So shout out Corbin McGee. And also shout out Brian Kelleher. Um, he picked up a nice win over Kevin Kroom. Shout out Kevin Kroom stepping on short notice. But, yeah, man, overall, nice win for him. That's three of his last four. Only lost to Ricky Simone. So, yeah, man, outside of the, outside of the fights that have highlighted, is there anything I missed that you want to go and talk about? I mean, I need to shout out one Russian homie. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, Josh, but he fought Dakota Bush. Bor- I think last day, Borishev. We'll say that. Dude. Uh, Vyalashev, a- Borishev? I mean, you know, we'll go with that, dude. What a fucking liver shot, dude. I mean, fucking beautiful. Dakota Bush is good, though, dude. Yeah, I'll give credit to Dakota Bush. He was looking good early on. Yeah. Uh, he got caught, though. I mean, it, it happens, and he'll be back. And if anything, uh, he, he looks like he's a really competitive guy. Like, I, I, he's very competent. He has a good skill set. I think he just, you know, the one guy was just better that night and got him good, dude. And those body shots are fucking deadly. He wants to start piling up. Yeah, man, Dakota Dakota Bush is a good guy. I know he had a he had a nice fight with Austin Hubbard uh, earlier this year. Excuse me, last year rather. Um, yeah, dude, Borishev, that was just a nasty shot. There's not a whole lot you could do about something like that, man. Like that was like you could hear it. You know, like with those body shots that you can just like you can hear it and you get like secondhand pain from it. Like it was one of those, dude. Like it was brutal. Yeah, not um, fun. Yeah, not fun in the slightest. Um, so shout out to him. I, I believe he's six and one now. Um, yeah, man, and then also shout out Bill Al Geo, Al Geo. I'm still not sure how you pronounce it, but he got he got a nice win over Joe Anderson Brito. That was a fun fight. That was a fun uh, fight. Fuck yeah, yeah that, he brought that up. That was a fun one. Uh, and he actually had I I I know a lot of people got really upset about it. I actually thought it was kind of funny. Um, he called out Giga Chikadze after uh, he won, and he said, "I want that skinny neck Biden voter." And his reasoning was that because uh, Giga is from Georgia in Georgia, voted for Biden, but he's making a joke because it's the country, not the state. Get yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I hated that I found it funny, but I did find it funny. Um, yeah, 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 dude, that I, he's not going to get that fight, and you really shouldn't, but, you know, I, shoot your shot, I suppose. Um, fuck it, man. Yeah, fuck it. So, yeah, moving on, dude, it's UCC 70. Um, this Saturday night, the fight that we've been waiting for, man. Let's like, fucking go, Josh. It's fucking <laughs> fight week, god fucking damn it. Dude, there is rarely in the heavyweight division that we have bouts like this one where you have, you know, guys that are of this caliber, of this skill set. There's been greater heavyweights throughout history, but in terms of pure skill sets, you're not going to get, like, ones better than this. Uh, Francis Ngannou, the current reigning, defending heavyweight champion of the world okay Dude, he I might knocked have to change out my pants after that josh he God. knocked out Steve... <laughs> God damn it. he knocked out Stipe miocic in march of last year um he avenged one of his defeats he's on a five fight winning streak 
Every single one of those fights, I believe, if you add him up, it comes into under eight minutes. Every single one of those fights combined. He's knocked out Curtis Blades, Cain Velasquez, Junior DeSantos, Yersinia Rosa Strike, and Sipa Miocic. In the Miocic fight, this was not a, you know, Nganu normal fight where he goes in, knocks him out in 20 seconds, and he calls it a night. No, Stipe made him work. He survived a lot, but, dude, he beat his ass. He dominated Stipe. We've never seen Stipe. Stipe's lost fights off of, like, you know, a close war with GES or whatever, or he got caught early by DC. Dude, he dominated him from pillar to post. He stuffed the takedowns. He was hitting switches on him. He was showcasing the ground game. He was dominating. He was hitting him with some nice jabs. Then he showed a nice jab in that fight. He's done everything right, and now he's the finally, after all this years of buildup, he's the heavyweight champion on, of the world. And then who rises? Who rises? His former friend from France, Cyril Gaon, trained by his former head coach, who he has beef with. Like, Vince McMahon cannot script something better than this, okay? Like, the guy that he trained with, they bled together in the gym. They fought, you know. And now he had a falling out with his coach. He moves to Las Vegas. And guess who's going to be challenging for his throne? Cyril Gaon. And he came up the same way, beating guys like Garcinio, beating guys like JDS. He beat Derek Lewis. He knocked out Derek Lewis, who beat Francis Ngannou. He's the interim heavyweight champion on the planet. It's about as good as it gets. There's not a whole lot of better fights in this. You're going to find a whole lot of better storylines than this. Angel, just a few days away from this massive fight. What are your early thoughts, your early expectations? I mean, I expect fucking excitement, fireworks. I want a fucking finish. There's no way this goes to the cars, and if it does, dude, that's gonna be fucking insane. Uh, it, it's it's everything you wanted to be, man. And, and and the story's there. The the characters are set. And like you said, you can't write it any better than what it is already, dude. It is a fucking masterpiece. Complete, completely, completely. It is about as good as it gets in terms of, you know. Any any metric, dude, any real metric um, that you want to go by, whether it be... And there's a lot riding on Francis' back right now, dude, with him of versus course. UFC and him winning this fight and kind of where it goes. And I want to bring you something up, Josh, that I don't think anybody's mm-hmm. running up. I think Francis Ngannou isn't far away from retiring from MMA. No, even if he is and... to win this, even if he is to win this, you know what I mean? I think he's I think not far away from accurate it. Because here's the reality. Um, if Francis Ngannou is unhappy with his pay in the UFC, and I'm not going to get into whether or not, because I don't have his financials, I don't know whether he is, how much he's getting paid, if it's just, if he's getting screwed over, or if he's just unhappy with the pay, obviously, you know, we've heard stuff from Ferdinand Lopez, his former coach, Ciro Khan, about how, and even other people in that gym who, um, oh man, I forget his name, but Francis Ngannou has a certain reputation, um, or at least a perceived reputation about the way he is. So I'm not going to get into whether his pay is fair or not. But the reality is, is that if he does not like his pay in the UFC, he will not like it anywhere else either. Nobody can shell out the money. Not Bellator, not PFL, not a company that I'm not legally allowed to name. No, nobody. Nobody can go ahead and shell wow. out the money for Francis Ngannou. If he's going to try and do it, he's going to get a payday for boxing. But the reality is I don't think he's going to get a payday for boxing either. Um, I understand he's that paid well, but not crazy. Francis is gunning real hard for a Tyson Fury fight. There's a lot of issues with that. And people think, uh, at least on the MMA side, they think, oh, yeah, well, you know what Connor, Connor did? He, you know, fucking Francis can walk and do the same thing. There's so many differences in that situation. Connor and Floyd was like a once in a, like a once in a, a millennia type situation where you have the biggest star for MMA who wants to fight the biggest star in boxing. So, however, that star no longer has any titles. 
you know, he manages himself. There's so many things that went into this, and the UFC was on board with the idea, and there's a huge public demand for it, which is why it was the second biggest pay-per-view of across boxing, MMA, anything, ever, you know? And Ganu Fury does not have that draw. Uh, Fury is currently the WBC and the ring heavyweight champion. The UFC doesn't want to do it. And, you know, there's so many different things. And also, I don't think France is going to get nearly as much as he thinks he will for that fight because nobody really wants it. I mean, I mean, I'm sure that we will watch it. But, like, Angel, which, which would you rather see Francis Ngannou fighting, fuck, I don't know, like a heavyweight contender in MMA and Heisen Fury fighting a heavyweight contender? Or would you rather see him fight each other? Fuck, I'd love to see him fight each other, dude. I can't smell it. Okay, maybe that, maybe I asked the wrong person that question. <laughs> I, yeah, I I would love to watch a fight, dude. It's just gonna be honest. I I I I'm always I'm down for the freak show, dude. You know, I, I'm one of those people that fucks with that energy. Dude. We fucking like pride here, Josh. I mean, you asked, you definitely did ask the wrong guy. That's true. Well, I, and plus, I I'm invested into too. both sports, you know, and 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 you know, like this is powers and equalizer. Obviously, it's a different sport. And my whole thing, the only reason I'm genuinely interested in it is, is because Tyson's genuinely down for it. He says he is. He, he says, says he is. He says and, he, he says he is. I want to believe it is though. I want to believe it's true. You know, I'll I'll lie to myself, right? Actually, I won't lie to myself because it is true. <laughs> but you know what I mean. He yeah. says he's down for it, so he already said he plans to seed enemy. That came out wrong. Yeah, we'll roll with it. You know, I like I like Tyson Fury a lot. At least he's a boxer, but as a human being, he says he says a lot of things. You know, mm-hmm. um. Stuff that I can't even say on the show if you want to get into, like, the really bad stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, that too. Uh, you know, but regardless, you see, he says a lot of things, and with that, I just have trouble believing that he really does want – and, like, you know, he's saying stuff like, you know, less box but in MMA gloves. Like, shit that he knows won't happen. That'd be dope. Pride um, combat. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, we'll get Triller you... involved, dude. Yeah, yeah, dude, we'll get Triller involved, and they'll have fucking Justin Bieber come out as the main show, dude, for music. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's uh, I don't even know what to say about Triller anymore. They're continuing with Triad Combat. Dude, Drake's gonna come out and he's gonna walk out. Francis Ngannou, you have no fucking idea what Triller can do, Josh. I think your mind is just too small. I think my mind just does not get it. Like I, I just, I just do not understand <laughs> You're it. You're just, just too weak-minded. <laughs> clearly, I'm clearly too weak-minded. Yeah, man, I don't even. Anyway, man. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. I don't give a shit about a Francis Ngannou Tyson Fury fight. It's don't you say you wouldn't watch it though. No, no, no. I'd watch it, but like, I, I would do like the bare, like I do the bare minimum. Like I'd probably like get on Twitter and wait for a highlight, like because it's not even going to be interesting. Hey, like, what if the, there if are the rugby boxing, started happening though? Don't say you wouldn't get into it a little bit. If the rugby started... MMA crossovers can be interesting if it's the right guys. You're taking yes. a guy. Francis Ngannou is not. I mean, he has. God I'll be honest. I'll, I'll ask you right now. If Deontay Wilder was world champ still, do you think that'd be more interesting to you? One hundred percent. Because you got. Okay. Two I, just, I was just curious. I just wanted to see if that was all the difference. I was just curious. You have two matches. That's all you have to say for me. I think that's no, all no, you have I to know, say for the public. I don't even think ahead. you got to answer the details. I think you just told it to the water right there. Yeah, I think. Well, I'm just real quickly. I mean, like you're talking about like the two of the the greatest knockout artists from MMA versus the greatest knockout artist in boxing. Tyson Fury has the capacity to just dance around him for a couple of rounds and knock the fuck out. Because as much as I like Francis, he, he's not even uh, – I mean, he has the power, right? But we've seen Francis just win multiple fights. And honestly, I'd say almost every single fight of his career, except with the exception of Stipe, he kind of just goes out there and wings shit. I mean, there's he has some nice counters, but a lot of it, he's not exactly the fastest guy. He has power. So if you touch a guy once, that's all he needs. But in boxing, you're going to have trouble leveraging that. Boxing goes are different. I have no interest in the Tyson Fury one. Deontay Wilder, shoes. Deontay Wilder, sure. 
because Deontay, as much as I like him, you know, we've learned a lot about his chin. Um, and honestly, it's just two guys winging shots at each other. What is not not to like? Like, hey, Wilderson wasn't bad though. He still held up. He came back up multiple times, bro. Come I on. know, but like he was also fighting a guy Tyson Fury who's, you know, known for not being a heavy hitter. I know, but he he's not like Tyson can't put people out though. All right, I'll, I'll I'll let it go. But regardless, man, yeah, I'm not very. But he does have a lot. Francis Ngannou does have a lot riding on him for this fight. I mean, like you said, his UFC contract is up, and he's gonna try and do. I mean, for the first time since Randy Couture did it, and I want to say 2000 and. Dude, he's gonna fight Dana, dude. 2003. <laughs> yeah, right. Like Tito was supposed to. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, dude, he's gonna try and he's gonna try and leave the UFC while still champion. Um, it That's seems so like. You know, the stuff that he's asking for, he's not. There's zero budging from either either side, and it seems like he's gonna try and take it to court. You know, That's you know what realistically is the best scenario for him right now? What? He wins this fight, he fights Jones, he wins, he defends the title one more time, he retires happy. That's possible. That's I think possible. that's the I think that's the best absolute career outcome for him. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it depends on how. I don't know, man. Yeah, I I just. Well, actually, I think there's a lot. Of, all of this is dependent on the fight. So let me go ahead and let's just get into the breakdown. Yeah, that too. It can't be boring. It can't be boring. Yeah, let's just get into the breakdown of this fight, though. Two massive human beings. They know each other very, very well. They've trained together. They know each other on a personal level. And But honestly, outside of that, they, they could not have been further apart in terms of fighting style. You have a guy in, in, in Ganu who likes to go forward, wing a lot of shots. He has the God-given power like few human beings we've ever seen. So it works out for him. But you have a guy in Sirogan who is technical to the max. He's probably the greatest technical heavyweight in terms of striking that I've ever seen. And it's by a significant margin. Um, he's quick as hell. He's great. He's very technically proficient on defense. He just glides out of the way of everything. He's so, I mean, I don't have enough praise for him technically. Um, but at the same time, it only takes one. And these two guys have fought together in the gym. They know their attributes. They know a lot about each other. So, dude, come Saturday night, what are you expecting out of these two? And who do you think leaves the octagon as the undisputed heavyweight champion? The undisputed champ of the world, Josh, at heavyweight, will be Francis fucking Ngannou, Josh. I'm calling it right fucking now, man. He's going to get that finish. You're going to be surprised, Josh. I don't know what Cyril's game plan is coming into this one. He might just dance around. He might be in and out. He's just going to try to avoid all the heavy shots. That's a possibility. Maybe, you know, maybe he tries to take Francis down one time, and that's a bad idea. And Francis catches a leg, and he gets on top of him, and he starts dropping hammers on this man. I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but it's going to go one way or another, and I think it's going to go Francis's way, Josh. It's going to end in the first two. Maybe even it's going to end in the first two. Yeah. Uh, maybe it goes to our third round. Maybe. Yeah, um, I can see that happening. Um, it's funny, though. I actually disagree with you. Um, I don't think Cyril's going to try and go for a takedown. I think he's going to try and grab a leg at all. I actually see it the other way around. I could totally see France trying to take the same to the mat. I can absolutely I, see that I, I right think now. that'd be a terrible idea if he tried to do that. I wouldn't be surprised, man. Um, weird things have happened. He's so big, and, you know. Oh, so I, you're a wrestler now. Yeah, I mean, it's, he's shown, you know, proficiency. He looks to be he's better improved. getting that. You know, he's improved, but... I, I, I think if anything happens, to be the other way around. Dude, I, I am a huge fan of Francis Ngannou. I have I've liked the man for a long time. Dude, he has such an amazing story, too, dude. Like, he does. He has, he, have, you, did, have you finally listened to that Joe Rogan episode, by the way? Yeah. 
Dude, that shit can put you to tears, dude. Dude, it's it's a literal movie. It's a literal fucking movie, dude. Literally, go watch that. Go in your – like, literally, if you ever have a free day, go in your room. Turn off all the lights. Throw in a pair of fucking ear, uh, earbuds, headphones, whatever the fuck you want to do, or surround sound. Let the sound play at whatever volume you desire and just listen. You will never understand genuine fucking struggle of life and fighting for your dream until you listen to that. And I fucking – known multiple people who've immigrated from south from you know the southern country of mexico to the united states dude and been through some shit and i've never heard a crazier story than that one i mean i've heard people literally losing friends and dying dude in the mm. desert traveling here dude but then i listened to francis story dude and i didn't know what real fucking willingness to win at life was mm. yeah dude entirely it's about as crazy of a story it's about as inspiring of a story that you're ever going to hear dude i mean to to go from all that he's gone through to becoming one of the biggest stars on the planet in terms of combat sports to even just you know more than combat sports just to succeeding in life like in any capacity in his incredible. country dude what he is to his country the symbol he is what he represents exactly it's inspiring dude it really really is um however all that being said um Dude, I think this is a this is a rough night for him. I think it's, it's gonna, gonna be it's gonna be hard, man. But I don't I don't think a guy like that's gonna lose, dude. I refuse to believe a guy who's fought that hard for life is gonna lose dude, like this. And if he is, he's gonna lose on his fucking shield, dude. That's what I think. I think he's gonna go out on his shield. I think that Cheryl Gone is too quick for him. I think he's five too, round war. I think he's <laughs> too technically proficient. Um, and uh, and I just I see him outpointing Ngannou. I think he's gonna have to weather a storm for sure. Um, but I also think he's too quick. He throws too many feints. He's gonna kick the legs out from underneath him, and I think he's gonna get a late finish. I think Ngannou's gonna fight his heart out. I mean, there's one thing that you cannot deny about Francis Ngannou: the dude has heart. We're not even talking about like his life story, like the Stipe fight. He got mauled for five rounds, and he kept on going, dude. And he just did not quit. He did not give up. And even whenever he knew, like he was outgunned. Like, he kept on fighting. I don't think – I think the same thing is going to happen here. I think he's going to go out on the street, uh, go out on the shield. But I think there's just too many factors going against him, dude. He's fighting the UFC. He doesn't have a contract right now. He has so much going against him. He's fighting a former training partner. He's fighting his former head coach who knows everything about him. Um, I just – it's too much. At a certain point, it gets to be too much. I'm going to go in Stilogon and New on Saturday night. And, uh, you know, from there, we'll see what happens with Ganu. I hope that he, you know, is able to find – either happiness in the UFC or in boxing, whoever it is next. Um, but we'll have to see, dude. I'm going to go and go see Ogon via a late finish. Um, I think it's going to be a great fight, though. Great fight. These two know each other very, very well. Would not be surprised if Ngannou wins in the slightest, not in the yeah, slightest. Man, imagine that, Josh. Five-round war, dude. Both get dropped simultaneously. Get back up to their feet. Drop again. Last I, round. <laughs> no, this seems like a mo- this seems like movie shit, so nothing would surprise him anymore. Dude, I wanted to be a movie, dude. I don't. Uh, it doesn't even matter. It just needs to have the greatest fucking ending. But talking about great fucking movies. <laughs> oh, the segue. <laughs> the segue. <laughs> oh man, lead it off, Josh. Lead it off. All right, Brandon Moreno. The nobody thought this kid could be a champion. We're talking about Francis Ngannou being, you know, a champion. Everybody counted out, dude. Two years ago at this time, Brandon Moreno was not in the UFC. He was an LFA. He came into the UFC as the lowest ranked seed in the Ultimate Fighter. Um, you know, he ended up getting back to the show, on, not back to the show, excuse me, only into the UFC because a fight dropped out. Um, 
he faced Luis Smoke as a massive underdog. He pulls off the win. He pulls off a couple more upset wins. He works his way to a title shot or getting close to a title shot. He loses to Sergio Pettis in a main event spot in Mexico. And then he loses again, this time to Alexander Pantoja. And the UFC is, at this time is thinking, oh, we're going to cut the flyweight division. They've released Brandon Moreno. He goes. He wins an LFA. He wins an LFA title, flyweight title. He goes. He works his way back. And he just keeps on racking up these fucking wins but all the time he's racking up these wins there's a beast there's a monster as champion God. Diaz and Figueiredo from Brazil okay Diaz de Guerrero is his name the god of war okay and he is destroying everybody that he faces and he runs into this kid from Mexico and he gives him the fight of his life it's rule the draw like a fucking movie and then they go and they fight again and the kid from Mexico that everybody counted out that wasn't even in the company a year and a half ago Pulls off the upset, becomes UFC flyweight champion of the world. And they're going to do it again. Wait, Third God. and final time, the trilogy. Dude, I don't know how you're doing it today, Josh. You think I'm doing pretty well? I think we doing pretty well. Dude, this you might know. be my third pass change today, dude. Because <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, dude, I think that, uh, you know, this is, this, is, this is arguably, I mean, this is the final fight of one of the greatest rivalries in UFC history, at least in my opinion. Uh, depending on how the third fight goes, we're up there. The first fight was arguably the greatest fight in flyweight history. Second fight, amazing. Obviously, it, it was more one-sided, but still a great bout. I mean, it was um, and a great finish, especially. A great finish, um, showing so much respect, uh, Figueroa did, to Moreno. Now they're going back a third and final time, man. At this point, I mean, what do you? how do you even preview this fight? Because both fights have been radically different. Um, Diaz and Figueroa changed camps. He's now under uh, Henry Cejudo's tutelage up in Fight Ready in Arizona. Um, man, what do you what do you think about this matchup? Can we I mean, that? if if I'm going to be 100% honest with you, Josh, I expect a fucking war. I mean, I don't really call war fights ever, but I think this will be a fucking war of attrition, Josh. <laughs> I think it's going to be a fucking war. I mean, I think this will be. Potentially fight of the night. Obviously, with five rounds, that helps a lot. But you know what I mean? And a title on the line. A lot of factors going into it. Plus, that being the third time them fighting each other. Obviously, the way the second fight went for Davison is obviously going to play a big factor for him. He's definitely going to not allow that to happen again, I imagine. And for Brandon, I mean, now he has the title. He needs to capture it. He needs to retain it. He's going to be defending it against a guy he knows well now. They know each other well. They know what they're capable of. And they've gone back, made the adjustments. And, uh... Hopefully this time there's no botch weight cut for Dave. I mean it wasn't like botch, but it wasn't like you could tell it wasn't like an easy weight cut. You know he made weight, but there was a uh, some struggles if I remember right. But uh, it, it, I mean the third one's always the the one, right? We're gonna find out who who's who's the better guy, and uh, we know what Davison could do, man. Let's just be honest. We know what he could do. We know his issues. We know what his problems are. They've been set. Can he present it himself again? Can can he use all the tools he has? His power. And his uh, his strength, and, and he's a well-rounded fighter. We all know that. And his conditioning is a big factor, right? Obviously, going into a five-round fight, that's going to be the big question. I'm sure it'll be better. Obviously, I think with all the mass, he's still going to have some trouble. I don't know if he'll come in a little lighter on the on the scale. Who weight? You know, he'll make the weight, but maybe as far as muscle, maybe he'll get rid of a little bit. He's looking fucking shredded. I don't know if that's the case or not. Brandon as well. I know he's a took. I mean, he's invested his money into improving his gym and. And getting more people in there, and he's looking even physically better than what he did in the last fight, at least as in pictures wise. And he's been really focused on getting everything dialed in, and uh, obviously running to retain the title. I mean, Josh, I think this could be a pick 'em fight, even with Brandon being it. I think it'd be a pick 'em fight. 
uh, if I'm being completely honest with you. I think yeah. either uh, either guy could come on top. I mean, Josh, if Davidson were to get the win, dude, here, we could be seeing a fourth fight between these guys, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's entirely possible. And here's the thing is, like, as much as I like Brandon Moreno, I think this is, like, he's just a bad match for Figgy, dude. I, I mean, in terms of, like, greatness, I think Figgy had the capacity to be one of the greatest fighters of all time. But in the same way that, like, you know, I, man, I can't even think of, like, another example. Like, in terms of, like, a guy that, like, he's just a bad matchup for him, dude, like Moreno is. Because um, even in that first fight, right, like, he should have won that first fight. And by that, I mean Figgy, because, you know, he was winning it. And the only reason it was a draw was because of the point deduction. Yeah, but even knows. then, he was giving him hell. Like, those are close rounds in there. Um, like, dude, it's just – it's a bad matchup for him. But I would not be surprised in the slightest whoever wins. And this is truly one of the rare pickums that you get in MMA. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you got this tough Mexican kid with a hell of a fucking chin, good hands, and a good ground game, a crafty little ground game too, man. I mean, he has multiple submissions he could do and attack and – I mean, it's it's a pick em fight, Josh. I mean, I'm, I'm going to pick the champ to retain just because he's champ right now because I, I, I mean, I could see Davidson winning it, especially with the camp change and everything, and, and, and then I'm sure wrestling would be a big thing because of the Henry, and obviously he's keeping his weight in check, uh, and obviously he looked really good in the in the first fight, but in the second fight, I mean, that that was a pretty, pretty devastating performance, man. I mean, he lacked a lot that night. He really left a lot at home that night. Because from round one to round three, it was all Brandon Moreno, Josh, so we had no Davidson Figueroa in that fight that night. Mm-hmm. It almost seemed like the guy who fought the first fight didn't show up to the second fight. Entirely. And sometimes that happens. I feel like I know, you're right. Time, it's happened. A lot of the time, MMA fans will, like, attribute to, like, oh, they just didn't show up, or, oh, they just disappointed. Like, the only real time, I mean, it's happened before where guys are disappointed, but, like, dude, he looked like a shell himself. Like, I don't remember him. He, I don't think he won a single exchange. Like, he looked drained. He didn't look like he was doing anything. Um, and a lot of this comes down to, I, I fully believe it was his weight cut. I think he was just drained. I agree. And now he's doing it a better way. He's with Henry Cejudo. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it, dude. I am a full, full believer in the um, Henry Cejudo, like the, the coach Cejudo, dude. I'm a straight-up full believer in it. Um, question. I saw, will he be there? He will be there. Or is it the Brazilian guy? No, it'll be there. He'll okay. be there. He'll be in his corner. Wow, okay, that's going to be fun. Of course. And, dude, it just comes down to, like... Alexander a, the Average? No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, Josh. I, I wish they did that fight. I really did. And, I, and know, I, Dana and came out, and he's like, you can't just jump in back into title shots. Except you can, because it's happened with, with yes. GSP. Jones is going to do it. Connor's done it. Randy Couture did it, like, on and on. Um, regardless, Dana says a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I won't yeah, talk man, about uh, that today, Josh. I won't get you in trouble. <laughs> regardless, man, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a believer in, in Coach Sudo. I saw the adjustments that Wei Li Zhang did. I thought she won that fight. Same. And everybody that comes out of there – they they seem to have good words about Cejudo, and he you can tell that he is a good mind as it is, especially whenever fighting because his mid fight adjustments were some of the greatest that like I've seen in a fight. You know what I mean? Like for example, just just one, but like Marlon Marais fight for example, he was getting his ass kicked, and he found like oh shit in the clinch, I'm a lot better than this dude. Let me go and dominate in the clinch, and then he ended up winning the fight that way. Let me get in close. 
um, rather than trying to wrestle or do this type of, type of thing. Similar thing for the DJ fight. He had to adjust on the fly after nearly getting knocked out. He's very, very good. He's a very, very good mind for the game. As much as I like Brandon Moreno, I love his story. I'm I'm going to take him. I'm going to take um, Deuce and Figueroa to return, get the flyweight crown once again. Um, it's going to be Josh. It's going to be. I, I, I have no idea. I, I, gave, I think I, I think it's going to go to distance, dude. I think it's going to go, go, go the distance. I don't think – I think Brandon Moreno is probably one of the toughest dudes you're going to find. Uni today. or split? Can I at least get that? I'm going to go – I'm gonna go uni. I'm gonna go uni. New name decision. Okay. Okay. That's the. But I think it's gonna be close. I. I, I mean, this is about. A, I'm like a, literally almost damn near flip the coin for this fight. Um. Okay. Really is just, that, dude. I hope it doesn't I, end instantly, dude. I, I'll, I would actually be really heartbroken if it's a quick finish out of either one guy. I don't think. It, I don't think it will be. I, I don't I'm think it can be. Surprised. I'll be if very surprised be, too. If it's gonna be finished. It's gonna come late in the fight, regardless on either third, side. Third or fourth. Yeah. Fifth. Yeah, something along those lines. Um, regardless, man, I, I think it's going to be an, uh, an excellent fight straight up, but moving on, man, this, I mean, this is, uh, this is just, these two fights. I mean, we spent on like a combined, like half an hour on it. Like that's it's fine. That's fucking fine, Josh. <laughs> of course. That's little, that's what it is, dude. That's, that's what it is. That's how good these fights are. There's history. Um, it's history. I mean, you have a massive rivalry in the making with Sierra Francis Ngannou, and then you have a trilogy fight in arguably the greatest flyweight rivalry of all time. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, but moving on down the card, you know, MMA fans, I've seen people bitch all week about this card. There's some good fights on there. Uh, it's not it, dirty fucks. It's not UFC 269. It's not 268 or honestly 267. But there's been, I mean, there's some awesome fights on here, man. There's some straight up great 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 fights and we're gonna talk uh, about them josh we're gonna go we're gonna talk about it right there. now we're gonna talk about the one up next on the main card michelle right fucking now right fucking now okay uh michelle paheya taking on andre philo or uh i believe that's how you pronounce his name uh-huh. um michelle paheya obviously at this point i don't think we really need to give a preview of him you know. uh he's the most entertaining man in the ufc um yeah he's he's always doing insane mind-bending stuff josh uh, sometimes it's not, it's not yeah you're rodriguez it's not fucking michael chandler it's not justin gaethje it was it, well not my night perry anymore it's fucking michelle Pahea. that's who it fucking is it is entirely michelle Pahea. i'd love to argue with anybody otherwise um because we're not talking like fight competitiveness because he's lost fights because he's he acts insane but <laughs> but he still puts on – he's still doing crazy stuff, jumping off the wall and shit. Like, he's doing crazy things. But, uh, you know, he, he's on a three-fight winning streak. He's toned it down, and he's in his prime right now. Um, right now, 28 years old, three wins in a row. Taking on Andre Filo. Andre Filo, he's been around the game for a long time, man. He's been around the game for a long, long time. Uh, former Bellator guy, um, former PFL, um, beat James Vick on the regional scene, I want to say last year. Uh, once James Vick got released, he knocked him out, poor guy. Um, yeah, he's on a four-fight winning streak getting coming into this one. He's a semi-short notice. I want to say he's taking this fight on, what, two, three weeks notice? Um, yeah, man, we'll go and see what happens in this one. Overall, it's a tough night for Andre Filo. Do you think huh, – what would you say? So that's a solid pickup, though, for like a last-minute replacement. For sure, for sure, man. I, I've watched Andre Filo for years. So um, do you think he gets the upset on Saturday? You know, I saw a lot of people change their picks once they saw Andre Filo come in. I kid you not. 
I believe it. He's a very well-rounded guy. He's a very well-rounded guy. I think Bahia has toned it down. He has his weight dialed in. I know he's working with a different gym or something I've heard. I don't know. I thought thought I might have heard Cejudo's gym. I might be absolutely wrong. Do not quote that. I think I'm I think I'm on the wrong there. But regardless, I know that uh, his weight's in check, which is a big thing. And, and I think he's worked on his conditioning quite a bit because I've seen he's been posting a lot of stuff in the suit. And, uh, you know, just looking shredded as fuck and, and being prepared because uh, I think he doesn't want to get tired again, dude. I think for what it's worth, dude, for as much of a memer he is, and he knows it too, he's not a bad fighter. And I'll say this every time. Because when you see him fight, he has good stand-up and he has a good ground game. It's not, you know, if he actually dialed in and focused fully, he'd be a pretty fucking dangerous guy. And I think he's getting there. And people are going to start noticing that. And if he gets that weight under control, because this is a guy who could fight at 185, Josh. I'm surprised he doesn't fight at 185. He has the frame. He has the size for it. It's there. Like, if he wants to make your decision, he'll do it tomorrow. You know what I mean? Dude, he looks like a whole ass 205-er. I mean, you seen Oh, yeah, you could, argue, you could argue he's a light heavyweight, yes. Have you seen him standing next to Johnny Walker? Dude, he walked out with Johnny Walker. You would have thought he was fighting him that night. <laughs> exactly. You know? I mean, this is a guy who, for some reason, decides to fight at 170. I don't think he'll be here forever. I think once he hits 30, he'll be like, you know something? Maybe 185 is my route. Or 205. Like, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny Walker, I literally looked at the picture. Johnny Walker is one of the biggest 205 pounders. He doesn't even look that out of place standing next to him. That's that's fucking terrifying. <laughs> Did you remember whenever you remember whenever he fought on? Oh man, I can't remember. Tristan Connolly. Oh, he towered that fuck. He they. I mean, granted, they are different weight classes because Tristan Connolly fights like I think he normally fights at one fifty five. But I know he's I, also fought at one seventy, dude. Dude, he's fought at one thirty five. He looked bigger, like through like. It it was insane. It was insane. Regardless, um, I like Andre Fedor a lot. I don't like him in this matchup. I don't like him in, in this matchup. Dude comes to bangies, heavy hands. But, dude, Michelle Pahea has calmed down. And for me, dude, his length and the fact that he's still doing crazy stuff, but he's calmed down a bit. Like, he could be a contender of this division, straight up. Like, I, I fully believe that. Like, his length, his kicks, he, he's very competent on the mat. He, he He's starting to – like, you could always tell, like, he had the frame of a guy. Like, if he calmed down, if he fought focused, he could be a good guy, you know? Um, and for a long time, uh, he got into the UFC by being crazy, by doing crazy shit in Road FC. But, dude, once he's calmed down for this winning streak, he's focusing on his length. He's focused on his gas tank. He's winning fights. I think he wins this fight as well. Yep. Yep, I agree, dude. I think he had a little of that Kevin Holland syndrome in him, you know, where he was a little distracted. Different, different than Kevin Holland, you know what I mean? Not the yeah. same, but uh, in the sense that he wanted to be a showman. And, uh... I, I think he's he's toned it down, man. And if he wins this, I think his next fight's a big ranked opponent. Mm-hmm. 100%, dude. After this, he gets a, a big-time name. And honestly, he's going to have to quit dicking around and going to have to buckle it down, bucko. <laughs> of course, man, of course. And, uh, you know, moving on down the card, another big matchup. We got Cody Staman taking on Saeed Nurmagomedov. Uh, Cody Staman ranked number 15th. In the bantamweight division, you know he's lost two fights in a row, but they were very close bouts against Jimmy Rivera and Rob Davasvili. Um, before that, he made a nice little winning streak, beat Brian Keller and Alejandro Perez, scored a couple of nice wins in his time during the UFC. Taking on Saeed Nurmagomedov, huge prospect. Uh, you know, not related to Habib, he's not that one. Um, but regardless, has a similar fighting style, very competent on the feet as well. 
Uh, he debuted the spinning back kick knockout of Ricardo Hamas. He did drop a fight to Rioni uh, Barcelos in 2019, but he's rebounded with a nice knockout win in October of last year. Uh, who do you got winning this one, Bantamweight? You know, it's crazy because he, he does good stuff on the ground, but he struggled against the ground guys. You know, Aljamain Al- Sterling, uh, Jimmy Rivera had some success down there, if I remember right. And obviously, Marab took him down or attempted to take him down quite a bit of times. They got it a few times and we got a submission attempt in there. I know Saeed is, uh, you know, decently well-rounded, but, I mean, he comes from that region, man, and we know the capabilities there. I wouldn't be surprised if Saeed won this. I'm going to go Saeed, but don't – actually, I'm gonna, I'm actually going to hype up Cody Stimmen. Do not cut, do not doubt Cody Stimmen for this. I can see Cody Stimmen pulling up a little upset here because I think probably people are very Saeed because, you know, you see that last name, uh, Nurgamba Madov, and you, you already have those thoughts in your head. I legitimately do think that the reason why Saeed has so much clout is because he has the same last name. They're not related. No, but, but that's what it is. It is it is quite literally what it is. And I like Saeed. You know, he has a good skill set. He scored a couple of nice knockouts. But, dude, I agree. I think Cody Stamon's going to give him a rough, a rough time, dude. I think he that he's, a win. Very, he's very underrated. He's only ever lost to the top guys, the top of the top in that division. Um Saeed is good. I like him a lot. He's 29 years old. I'm going to take him to win this fight, but by the thinnest of margins. Yep. Um, I think it's going to be a very, very good fight. I would not be surprised on the slice if Cody Simon pulls this one off. But um, moving on down the card, the last fight, which is opening up the main card, a bit of a weird one, but regardless, uh, Hodolfo Vieira taking on Wellington That's on the main Turbon. Card? Huh? That's on the main card? I'm sorry. This is opening up the main card. Yep. Weird. It, it, this the spot used to belong to Greg Hardy and um, Alexio Linick, but that one got canceled. I guess that explains it all. It does. Uh, Holafa Vieira, I think we kind of know this point. One of the greatest grapplers on the planet. You know, had a mixed UFC run. We know his clear weaknesses at this point. Most notably, his gas he tank. Lost, yeah, we, he lost to Anthony Hernandez, um, and you know, it, it, he got submitted by him. Huge upset, especially the way that it happened. Taking on Willington Terman, who, you know, not great. Right. He's two and three. He's been knocked out in two of those three losses. But you got to look at the competition level. He's fighting not, you know, the top guys at 185, but like he's 25 years old. He's fighting guys on like the outset of the top 15, like well-known names like Carl Roberson, Andrew Sanchez, Sam Alvey, Bruno Silva. You know, he's had a bit of a rough draw to this point, Uh, but he is opening up the main card in a huge matchup. Who do you got on this one? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Adolfo, you know, dude, I his last fight looked fucking suspect, dude, until the third round. But I'll give him credit. Dude, he was tough. He stuck in it and got it. I think he might be able to do it again. I mean, he's fighting a guy who's good, competent, is, is able to do multiple things. But, I, you know, he's he's a strong fucking dude, dude. And I'm sure he's working on some things to improve his, his hands a little bit. I don't know what it's increased to i don't know if exact i mean i don't know this for a fact but look if you're an intelligent fighter you go back in the lab you realize what you're doing wrong or things you know at this point he's had to notice i'm getting tired during these you know matches on top of that i need to improve my hands so that way i can lead to my takedowns you know he has to do these things so he can be a successful fighter and plus i do lose some muscle bro it's jujitsu <laughs> you know you'll be successful without all that muscle as well you know mm-hmm. so yeah, I agree. Um, I like hold off of a lot. I'm going to go ahead and take him to win this one hesitantly. Um, I just feel like he needs to lose some muscle and move up in weight because, dude, he is he is so good on the mat. And I just feel like he's kind of being wasted. Cause even, I mean, he picked up a win last time over Dustin Stolfus, but 
That one even posed more problems than it probably should have. He's a guy that's like on a three five losing streak, never even won in the UFC. Um, but you know, regardless, dude, I'm gonna go take Adolfo Vieira to win this one. Uh, looking on down the card, not the deepest one when it comes to the prelims. Uh, but what are some of the fights you want to go and highlight on said prelims? Ooh, there's a lot, Josh. There's a lot. You shouldn't have let me do this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ooh, where do we start? Well, I'm gonna just start off with this one because you know his original opponent got uh, canceled. Ilya Tapora versus Charles Jordan, man. Changing opponent, still a banger. Charles Dorian comes out to bang. Uh, Ilya Tapora, dude, he, you know, he did my boy, Ryan Hall, bad last time out. But, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. You know, mad respect for him for doing it in the way he did. Uh, and he's one of my favorite prospects at this weight class right now, dude. Mm-hmm. For sure, dude. Ilya Tapora, I mean, he's probably the prospect for me at Featherweight. He's only, he's only 24. He's 11-0 in the Ryan Hall win was phenomenal it really was i understand ryan broke his hand um fight probably goes different otherwise but dude he i mean dude to knock out ryan hall that was impressive as fuck he knocked out damon jackson he scored a couple other nice wins as well and charles jordan you know uh, he's past the point of being labeled a prospect he's still 26 years old though so it's possible he can get to there but he's still like he's he's right outside of the top 15 you know at featherweight he's coming off a huge win of andre ewell that was one of the Jesus Christ, that fight was incredible, dude, um, last month. So, yeah, dude, I like the short notice turnaround. I like that he got re-signed to the UFC. He just signed a new four-fight deal. That's going to be a rough matchup for him, though. This is going to be a banger regardless. Uh, you feel, I know you said you were – I probably shouldn't have let you do this. What are some of the other matchups you're looking to highlight? Oh, man. Uh, Trevin Giles, Josh, making his debut at 170, moving down from 185 to 175. Michael, I don't know if it goes, I don't know if it's Michael or he, or he does Mikhail, you know, because it's in, you know he's from down south. Uh, mm-hmm. Morales, uh, he's you know first of all 22 year old making his debut, 12 and 0, coming off the contender series. They were trying to set up his opponent actually to get in the UFC. He had, they got seen him. I think he came off or he appeared on Dana White looking for a fight. And they're like, nah, that's not going to cut it. We want you on the contender series. And they throw him at this young, you know, I believe it's Ecuadorian. And uh, he came out and got the win, man. And now he's making his debut against a tough guy in Trevin Giles. I think that's going to be either – I mean, it's going to be a banger. I'm hoping for a banger. And Trevin Giles seems to have got his weight under control. I mean, he was already weighing a little under 185 anyways when he was weighing in. Uh, he had a, 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 a bad loss against Strikas, who – you know, he beat uh, my boy Roberto Solich, who's in the KSW. Shout out. Uh, signed that man. But, uh, you know, that's how things go. He, he, it, was, it, was a, it was a hard matchup. He wasn't even doing bad, man. He had just come off uh, Roman Delice, that victory. Shout out as well. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Bevan Lewis and James Krause. So he was, it looked like he was doing well. I, I don't know why he decided to make the weight change, but I think it could benefit him. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, man, you brought up you brought up Jordan Giles, dude. He's an interesting guy. I still think he is. Um, he's had a bit of a mixed run. He's had some weird stuff going on, but he still has picked up with some nice wins during his run. James Krause, Devin Lewis, um, Roman. I'm not even sure how you pronounce his name. Uh, the guy that's now with um, Roman Delice. Yeah, Roman Delice. There you go. Um, absolute pro on that name right there, Angel. So yeah, that's gonna be a very fun fight. Um, Rayona Bercelos, um, the lead into the pay per view. Fighting Victor Henry, that should be a really, really fun fight. I'm still pretty high on Rayona Barcelos. Like I, he's had a couple of tough losses. 
he is 34, but dude, he's has such a high skill set, at least in my opinion. Um, I thought he won that team more Valiant fight, so we'll go ahead and see when at least if I'm remembering the fight correctly. I'm I'm a I'm a dumbass. So, uh, <laughs> regardless, dude, it's it's gonna be a very fun night of fights. The last one that I personally want to go and highlight, um, Kay Hansen. I, I've highlighted her pretty much anytime she fights. I thought she got robbed the last time out. Uh, she's opening up the card against Jasmine Judavish um, from Ontario. Um, yeah, I mean. It, she got in off the contender series, which I thought that was a strange choice, if I remember correctly, because I watched that fight and I was like, huh, that's uh she didn't look too impressive. Not not to down on her, but it wasn't like a, a overwhelming win. I got high expectations for Kay Hansen. She's still only twenty-two. Um I thought she got robbed last time out against Corey McKenna. She has a couple of nice wins in her career, and I think this is gonna be another another nice step. I think she's gonna pick up a nice win here. Uh but yeah, dude, this is a this is a it's a deep it's a deep card. Um there's not a whole lot of huge names. But there's a lot of fun fights later throughout, at least in my opinion. It's going to be bangers, dude. It's going to be bangers. And there's even main names that we didn't mention that are, are still bangers on this card. Of course. There's bangers all around, man. Um, but, dude, as far as the card goes, as far as anything else goes, because there's a little bit of a lacking week in terms of other stuff to talk about, is there anything else you want to go and highlight before we close out? I mean, not specifically, man. I mean, I think we went through it pretty deeply. And, and like I said, there's some names we didn't mention. But just watch the whole card. I think people are going to be surprised. I don't think there's a fight that I'm not interested on in this card. Maybe maybe one, but that's really pushing it, if I'm being honest. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, it's not exactly – I think people are going to be surprised. You know, MMA fans love to just trash every single card. Um, at least MMA Twitter does. And honestly, I, just MMA fans in general, kind of kind of toxic. Not all of you guys, but, you know, some of you. Um, just give it a watch, dude. Like, I guarantee you, you're going to find some fun matchups. I've seen people down this card all week, but I think it's pretty fun. Like I said, not a whole bunch of ranked guys, not a whole lot of top names. So it'll be a fun night of fight. So obviously, main coming aren't insane. And we'll be back next week to talk about it and everything that went down. Um, as always, I'm at Josh Levin on Twitter. He's at Andrew King underscore one. Hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure to give us a rate on Spotify, Apple, subscribe on YouTube, give us a like, all that fun stuff. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Peace and butt grease. Must clear.